Well, we just finished our series last week, Revealed, which was all about discovering God's will for our lives. And we learned something. We learned that if we're actually willing to listen, to pay attention, that God does speak to us, that God does reveal himself to us. He reveals his way for us. He reveals his plans for each of our lives. So my question this morning is, because over the rest of the year, we're going to be looking at God's will for us in various aspects of our lives. My question for us this morning is, what is God's will for our life in a specific area? What is God's will for our lives in the arena of our finances? Now, to find that out, we're certainly going to look at God's word in the upcoming weeks because we know that that's the primary way that he reveals his word to us. But we also know in, in, in our previous series that one of the ways God reveals his will to us is through the wisdom or the counsel of others, wise counsel. Well, this last month, the best wise counsel book on financial freedom ever written was released. It's called Everyday Millionaires by Chris Hogan. Now, I got to tell you, I, I got the book, and, and it was given to me as a gift, and, and I read the book or listened to it literally in a couple days. It was so incredibly good, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. But before we do, uh, 22 years ago, 900, Amer- uh, 900 millionaires in America were studied. The results of that study resulted in a book that some of you might be familiar with. That book was called The Millionaire Next Door. Raise your hand if you've heard of it or read it. Okay, so a handful of you, you guys, you guys have heard that book 22 years ago. According to Spectrum Group's 2017 Market Insights Report, today there are 11 million millionaires in the United States. And some of us are thinking, boy, I wish I was one of them. Chris Hogan and his team didn't just study 900 of those millionaires like they did 22 years ago. He studied 10,000 of those millionaires. It's the largest study of millionaires ever done on the planet. And so as you and I try to seek God's will, as we try to figure out, hey, what's God's will for my finances? What wisdom, what wise counsel can I learn? What can I learn from these 11 million millionaires? Well, a couple points really grabbed my attention that I kind of thought we'd kick off with this morning. The first is this, that what are the top three professions of those 11 million millionaires in our country? The top three, you ready for this? In order. Number one, engineer. Okay, makes sense. Number two, accountant, to which some of us say is, well, I hope so. Number three of the top millionaires in our country, you ready for this? Teacher teacher. If you're a teacher, raise your hands. That's you. It's why the book was entitled Everyday Millionaires. The majority of the millionaires in America are just like us. In fact, one-third of the millionaires never made a six-figure income, ever, ever. In fact, only 31% averaged $100,000 a year in their income. The majority are average, just like us. Also, some of you are thinking, well, you know, I could be a millionaire if I could just inherit money, right? That's millionaires, they all inherit their money. 79% of the millionaires in America inherited zero 
inheritance. Only another 4% or 5% inherited up to $100,000. In other words, hear this. 9.2 million of our millionaires in our country had no financial impact because someone gave them money. They did it on their own. You know what that means? I hear those statistics and I think to myself, we can do this. Man, I can do this. You can do this. But the question we have to ask ourselves, does it even matter? I mean, does God actually care about this? Is this God's interest? What is God's will for our finances? Does God even care about something like financial peace or financial freedom? I mean, hey, I'm in church. I thought all God cared about was that we give some of our money to the church, right? Isn't that why preachers preach about money is so that the church can get more money? Don't raise your hands, but I know some of us think that. And I, by the way, I get that, and I totally understand that. If you're new here to LifePoint or newer at LifePoint, we teach regularly here at LifePoint about stewardship. Part of stewardship, our stewardship, part of it is financial stewardship. But our goal here is never to get something out of you. It is always to give you something. To always give you something. Our goal is to help you. Our goal is to help you get right in the center of God's will for your life, including your finances. We know that if we can help you get to that place in the center of God's will for your life, including your finances, it will radically transform your faith, it'll transform your future, and it'll transform the future of those around you. So we do have to ask the question, does God care about this? Does God want you and I to experience financial peace or financial freedom? Is it God's will for our lives to deal with our finances? Does he even care about it? To help us answer that question, I thought I'd ask us a couple questions to get us going down this path. First question is this, is, is it God's will for you and I to live in debt? Somebody after first service said, I hate you, Chris, after they heard this one said, I, I shouldn't live in debt. Americans have $1.2 trillion in school debt. That's an average of $29,000 is the average school loan. The average car loan just hit an all-time high of, you ready for the loan amount? $30,000 per car. That's $500 a month in your car payment per vehicle. The average credit card balance in America is between fifteen dollars and $27,000, depending on which study you look at. Let me ask you this question. Can we really be free living with this type of debt? And what's the answer? No. In fact, I want you to turn in your Bibles right now to Proverbs chapter 22. If you can turn there, because we're going to look at a couple verses in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 22 we get this little piece of reality from God. It's like a reality check. It's, it's also, there's wisdom behind this reality check. Proverbs 22. And it tells us this. In verse 7, it says, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is a what? I want to it, say it together. The borrower is a slave to the lender. You and I have to ask this question. Who's got it right? Who's figured it out? 
Do our broke friends, our broke relatives, our broke professors, our broke financial advisors who say debt's no big deal, it's okay, do they have it right or is God correct? We have to ask ourselves that question. That, that we, that, that you and I owing people, owing companies, God says when, we, when that's the case for us, we are essentially what? We are slaves to them. The reality is God doesn't have anything good to say about debt. By the way, listen to this little nugget of wisdom from the 11 million millionaires. 96% of them do not carry any form of credit card debt. 96% of them. Having debt makes us a what? Makes us a slave to our lenders. Slavery is the very opposite of freedom. If you and I are in, free, uh, in debt, we do not have the freedom to use our money the way we, that we want. It is not God's will for us to live in debt. Let me ask another question. Is it God's will to have marriage problems or relationship problems because of money? According to a recent survey by Ramsey Solutions, the number one issue causing fights in, 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 in a relationship is about money. The number one cause is, is money. And money fights are the second leading cause of divorce in our country. In fact, couples that argue about finances at least once a week are 30 times, 30% more likely to get a divorce. This kind of blew me away. One third of people who argue with their spouse about money, they say that they hid purchases from their spouse because they knew their partner would not approve. So I want you to turn to your spouse right now and tell them what you're hiding. No, don't, no, no. If the Holy Spirit does something with you later on, you could go have that conversation. Because 33% of you are. A recent study done by SunTrust concluded that finances are the leading cause of stress in relationships. So of course it makes sense that the number one thing that we fight about is the stress that we have on us because of our finances. And by the way, this isn't just married couples. It's not just married relationships. Brothers Addie and Rudy Dassler went into the shoe business back in 1924. They went into business together and they made running shoes and they made them for people like uh, Olympic runner Jesse Owens and others. But their stress over money led them to so much bickering and so much fighting that, that they, in a sense, got a divorce. They broke up the company. Addie launched his new uh, company, and he called it Adidas. His brother, Rudy, launched his new company and called it Puma. But their relationship never recovered. Americans have huge debt, and it leads to major stress, and that stress leads to fighting, and that fighting leads to major marriage problems and major relationship problems, including uh, divorce, all because of money and debt. With so much debt, having so much stress, so many marriage problems, so many relationship problems, so much devastating impact on our life, so little freedom, is that really God's will for our lives? Does God want all of us to live upside down financially and be slaves to these lenders? Slaves. 
Is that what Jesus meant, being a slave? When he said in John 10, 10, I've come to give you life, life to the fullest, abundant life. When he said that, was he saying, hey, abundant life is a debt-filled life? Is that what he meant? Stress and marriage problems and relationship problems and money problems and being a slave? Is that God's will? Man, no way. No way. So what's God's plan? What is God's plan for us financially? What is God's plan for our life? Well, Paul tells us a little bit about God's plan in Galatians. He says this, God's desire for us, God's goal for us is that you and I would be free, that we would experience freedom in Christ. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. We know that that starts with, of course, being set free free from sin and free to live life in Christ and free to experience eternal life. We know that's the first part of it. But also in the realm of finances, that freedom means that you and I experience financial freedom. Just imagine what that means. Imagine for a moment actually having enough. Imagine not always owing someone. Imagine not being a slave. Imagine being freed up. That's the name of our series, Freed Up. What do we mean by that? To be freed up, for you and I to get to that place to be freed up, is for us to be able to do whatever it is God is calling us to do. To be able to go wherever God is calling us to go, to be able to serve where and how God is calling us to serve, and to give where and to whom God is calling us to give. So what we want to do for the remainder of our morning together is we want to dream a little. We want to imagine together. We want to imagine this type of financial freedom. And so this dreaming we're going to do together, I want you to kind of put on that dreaming cap. And so the remainder of the message, you can close your eyes and go to sleep and dream. No, never mind. Don't go down that path. But I want us to dream of what it could be like to experience financial freedom as we, we're going to try to get through these as fast as we can this morning. Again, I encourage you to take notes for the remainder of our time. Uh, I, I talked to a couple people afterwards. Uh, I suspect millionaires, to be honest. And they each said, right on, check, 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 check. So let's dream about this a little bit. What's financial freedom? Well, financial freedom is first Flexibility. I imagine that some of us here this morning, you feel stuck. You feel like you have no options in front of you. You're stuck in your position. You're stuck in your job. You're stuck in a situation that you can't get out of. And whenever you or I are stuck, how do we feel? We feel helpless, don't we? We feel hopeless. We feel out of control, like we have no options. But imagine being financially freed up so that we're not stuck, so that we have options. In other words, to be free is to be available, to have availability. You're available for the people that you care about, that we can help and we can respond and we can serve and we can give and we can go, whatever the case may be. Why? Because we're not slave to some lender, but we're available. We have flexibility. Financial freedom is another thing. Having cash on hand. A 2016 survey found that 69% of Americans had less than $1,000 in savings. And of those 69%, 34% 
had no savings at all. Surprisingly, only 15% of Americans have more than $10,000 in savings. Financial freedom is having cash on hand. It's readily available to us. Well, how much? Financial expert Dave Ramsey suggests that we have three to six months of living expenses on hand. Some of you say, I don't like Dave Ramsey, don't like his plan, don't like all that. I like somebody else's plan. Okay, no problem. How about financial expert Susie Orman? You can go with her plan instead. She suggests eight to 12 months of financial freedom. So you pick one of them. Scripture says this is the smart thing to do. Let's turn there together. Hopefully you're in Proverbs 22 still. Flip a couple pages to Proverbs 30. Proverbs chapter 30. Verse 24 tells us something interesting. It says, four things on earth are small, yet they are extremely, and what's the word? They are extremely wise. He tells us about one of them. Ants are creatures of little strength, yet they, (laughs) what do they do? Let's say it together. Two words. What do ants do? They, They store up. They store up their food in the summer. He's saying, the the, the author is looking at ants and saying, man, those little creatures, they're wise. Why? Because they know circumstances are coming that they need to be prepared for. And so he says, that's wisdom. It's wisdom when you store up, when you have cash on hand for the future, for emergencies, for circumstances, or for situations that come up in our life. Another way to say this, financial freedom is having margin in our lives, having financial margin. When you and I have financial margin, it enables us to not only take care of those situations or circumstances or emergencies we didn't expect, but when you have margin, and I love this, when you have margin, you can be spontaneous. You have an opportunity to be spontaneous. You can be freed up to financially support whatever it is you care about, and when you want to. Having also, it's being freed up to, you know, to take care of emergencies. It's being freed up to be able to take that last-minute vacation because you just found out about a screaming deal on a cruise or, or a flights to somewhere or a hotel somewhere. And, and you have the margin, so you have the ability in that moment. You have, you have as we said earlier, the flexibility to go after that. Imagine having that type of margin in your life, that type of financial margin. Picture it, right? Remember, we're dreaming right now. We're imagining what this could be for us. So what is margin? Well, simply, it's having extra. At the end of the week, at the end of the month, at the end of the year, and at the end of our career. Because margin means that you and I have choices. When you don't have margin, you don't have choices, right? Let me give you an example. Suppose you want to take your, if you're married, let's say you want to take your wife out on a nice date. You're going to go to a nice place, have a good meal, go watch a show afterwards or a movie or something, and then you think to yourself, wait a minute, we don't have any margin. I can either go on this date or I can pay the electricity bill. Now, I don't want you to raise your hands, but who's been there before? I can't do this because i got to take care of that. I don't have that option. I don't have that choice. How about this one? How many of us have found ourselves choosing? Choosing between giving an offering to God versus 
choosing just about anything else, utilities, clothes, vacations, retirement, taxes, whatever it may be. The reality is so many people, believers, the first place they turn if they don't have margin is their offering to God. We know down deep, that's, God doesn't want that for us, but we know that's what we end up doing. I got this text from a person here at LifePoint this week. They said this, well, I just did my taxes. The government just screwed every church in America because they changed the standard deduction. The effect will be that some will make a choice not to give as much. It won't for me, but there could be a dent. Imagine having margin so that you're giving to God, just it never enters into the equation for you. That you never put yourself in a position where you think it's an either or. Now, of course, some of you have the conviction, you believe what the Bible says, and so that's already dealt with, but some of us, it's still part of the either or part of our equation. But imagine having margin so you never have to entertain that conversation. Margin, gang, is your game changer. It's the game changer for us. Margin frees us up to do what we want. Financial margin frees us up to do what God wants. We can be freed up to be involved in God's kingdom work. We can be freed, as we said earlier, to go where God wants us to go. How many of us, don't raise your hand, but how many of us here, we have talked about, we talk about going on a mission trip every single year here in the spring as a church. And our goal is that every single one of you will go at least once. And how many of you have thought, I want to go on the trip, but I can't. I can't afford it. You know what that means? You don't have the margin. Or you know that we want you to go or send those who do go. And you're like, I can't even write a $100 check. I want to, but I can't because I don't have margin. Having margin frees us up to go where God is calling us to go. Having financial margin frees us up to give the way God wants us to give. How many times in your life have you been in a situation where you saw a friend, a family member, a, a, a neighbor, a coworker, you saw someone and they had a need and you thought to yourself, man, I wish I could just write the check and meet that need. Raise your hand if that's ever been you. If you've said, I wish I could help them out. Okay, so a bunch of you. I think the ones who didn't raise your hand, you've thought of it. The reality is I think the majority of us inside, we are extremely generous. This church is generous. You've proven it over and over. When needs arise, you meet those needs. So I think inside most of us, if not all of us, is there is this desire to be generous to others. We're like, man, my friend, my neighbor, my, my coworker, they've been driving that beater car for so long. I just wish I could just write a check right now and go get them a vehicle. And some of you thought, man, you want to do that. And if you, you thought if you could, you would. Or, man, I want to bless them by giving them this. Or bless them by giving them that. And we can't. Because some of us haven't been freed up. Because we don't have the margin yet. So, how do we get the margin? We're going to talk about that more in depth later in the series. But quickly, let me give you a quick overview. Overview. Margin starts by having a plan. Working simple steps. I'd certainly highly encourage you to use Dave, financial expert Dave Ramsey's plan. He calls it the baby steps. It's tried, it's true, it's proven, it's worked for millions. It's a wise plan. If you think his you know, plan or steps don't work because you're, you know, your broke friend or broke financial fi advisors or your own wisdom says, well, it's not practical, it's not realistic, no problem. Choose a different plan. But the point is, choose a plan. 
and work the plan. 93% of the 11 million millionaires in our country said it was their hard work working their plan that got them to financial freedom. They said it wasn't big salaries. We know that because the top three, I mean, the top three don't even have big salaries. All good and wise plans are built on a wise and simple idea. You live on less than you make. Can everybody say duh together? One, two, three. Live on less than you make. Interesting. One report stated that half of Americans spend $1.33 for every dollar they make. So while you just said, duh, it's not necessarily reality for the majority of our country. We keep going further into debt, spending more than we make. It's crazy. It's not wise. It's not God's will for our lives to live on more than we make. The best, most effective, and wise plan for experiencing financial margin and financial freedom. Everybody talks about it in one way, shape, or form or another. No matter who you are, secular or, 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 or religious, they all have some version of the plan that is simply G-S-L. G-S-L. I want us to say it together. G-S-L. Let's do it. G-S-L. The plan is give, save, and then live on the rest. Religious, secular, they all have some version of that plan. We flip that. They suggest give, save, then live on what you have left. It's the premier plan to get margin and experience financial freedom. What else is financial freedom for us? Remember, we're dreaming here. Imagine having that. And financial freedom, having no debt. In fact, what is having no debt called? What do we call it? We call it debt Free. Oh, there it is. Free, free, free. Freedom is God's will for our life. So the first step is we got to figure out, have a plan to eliminate all our consumer debt, our car loans, our auto loans, our, our, our student loans, all credit cards, all of that, eliminate that. And then, then we get to our house and we eliminate our mortgage payment, completely pay it off. We're dreaming here. Can you imagine? Imagine you don't have a $500 a month car payment. Imagine you don't have a three or $400 a month student loan payment for the next 20 years. Imagine you don't have a $100, $200, $300, $500 a month you know, credit card payment for the rest of your life. Imagine not having $1,500, $2,000, $2,500, $3,000 a month mortgage payment. Imagine all of that being available to you every single month. Imagine the freedom that would bring to your life today, right now. Can you imagine being debt? What is it? Being debt free. In fact, Paul told us in Romans about God's perspective on debt. He said in Romans 13:8, he said, Let love be your only debt. It's God's will that we be financially debt free. So how do we get to the point of being debt-free? It's simple. Financial freedom is living on a budget. I just said a budget. I know what a bunch of us thought is like, oh. For us, the word budget is a terrible word. It's a bad word. For some of us, budget in our home is a cuss word, right? Because we're like, that's not freedom, that's torture. 
But budget is not as bad as what some of us think. Budget's actually a tool that gives you and I more control than we've ever had. If you do a budget, I can almost guarantee you this. Some would say guarantee, so I'll say almost. I can almost guarantee if you actually do a budget, work the budget, you will feel like you got a raise just by doing a budget. Very interesting statistic. The wisdom of our millionaires, 11 million of them, some of you won't believe it, but they did the study. 93% of millionaires live on a budget. And I heard that and I thought, okay, this is legit. 93% live on a budget. It's what got them to millionaire status. It's what keeps them there. So many of us, we don't live on a budget. We live on the swipe. And you know what I'm talking about. Go to the store, swipe. Go to the store, swipe. Go to the store, swipe, swipe, swipe. Next thing you know, there's four days left in the month. You look at your account, and there's $12. And your car is out of gas. And there's no food in the cabinets. And you figure you can delay the utility bill for a couple more days, but there's still four days left, and you got to get to work, and you're not sure about this or that. That's not a budget. That's not freedom. 93% of millionaires stick to a budget. I just say, what do you have to lose by trying it? My favorite statistic regarding millionaires and budgeting, 93% of them, it's the same number, so it might be the same group of people, 93% of millionaires still use coupons. So you know what that means? That average everyday Joe or Jane who's in the, in the store in the line in front of you or at Kohl's or wherever the case may be, and they pull out those coupons, they just might be a millionaire. In fact, the next time one's in front of you and they use a coupon, just ask. <laughs> See what they say. Hey, I was reading this book. Here's what it said. I'm curious. Are you? 93% of millionaires stick to a budget. They use coupons. It's wise advice. Next, financial freedom is being systematically generous. We're going to talk about that later in the series, but financial freedom allows you and I to give a percentage of our income away in a regular way, in a planned way, on purpose, that we get to choose where we send it. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 through 19, it tells us, I'm not going to read through the whole passage, but it tells us this. It says, be generous. Steve mentioned a passage in Hebrews that talked about be willing to share. And if you do that, the passage says you're going to lay up for yourself treasures in heaven and lay a foundation and take hold of life that is truly life. You want life that's truly life? Man, it revolves around being generous. So imagine what it would be like if you could just be financially generous to whoever you want to be generous to. If you want to give to someone, if you want to bless someone, you got a charity, you got a movement, you got something that's important to you, say, I want to be a part of that and I want to give to that. Can you imagine being financially free so that you can do that anytime you want? That's financial freedom. I think it'd be a blast to be able to be extravagantly generous. Paul told us about that in Acts chapter 20. He said this, Jesus said, said this, he said, you'll be blessed, you'll be happy when you're more generous, when you display generosity in your life. Financial freedom is systematic generosity. Finally, real quick, financial freedom is having a self-sustaining income in retirement for the rest of your life. Chris Hogan, he calls that the pinnacle point. 
where your investments make more money than your regular job does or did. Listen to this stat. The average retirement plan, 401k, whatever you want to call it, in America for those who are age 65 or older, the average value, the amount of that, that, that retirement plan, you ready for this? That the average American over 65 has in their retirement, $209,000. $209,000. If you take the national industry standard of live off of 4% of your investments in your retirement stage, that equates to $8,000 a year or about $700 a month. Now, I want to ask you this question. You work your entire life and you work hard and you get to that point where it's time to retire and you have $700 a month to live on. Is that financial freedom? Is that having margin? Is that having flexibility and having choices? Or what about this? Let's flip it a little bit. Imagine this scenario, you graduate from college, you find a good, decent job right out of college and you make $50,000 out of college. Some of you are like, I'll take that, I'm still looking for that. Well, we'll just pick that number. You have a plan, your plan involves investing 15% of your income into a retirement plan. Then at age 65, you retire. You never get a raise your entire life. You stay at, start at 50, you end at 50, all right? Never get a raise. You'll have put $300,000 away in that period of time. Because of compound interest in time, that $300,000 will turn into $3.6 million. That's if you never get a raise. That equates to, based on the 4% industry standard, living off of your investments, $144,000 a year in retirement. Chris Hogan calls that the pinnacle point. Can you imagine having that self-sustaining income? $144,000 or $8,000? What would you prefer? What do you think God would love for you to have? Can you imagine that freedom? Paul said it. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. We're free from sin. And we're free. God set us free so we can be free in our relationships free to experience the life God has for us, to go where God wants us to go, to live the way he wants us to live, to serve how he wants us to serve, to give how he wants us to give. He wants us to be financially free also. So how about today is a day you decide, I'm ready. I'm ready to change my family tree. I'm ready to make a difference in my life, my family's life, and in future generations because I'm saying today's the day for me. Some of us have been around this church for years. And I want to encourage you right now. If you've been here for a long time, I, I think about a couple people, because every single year when we do a, a, a financial stewardship series, every year my hope and prayer is that a couple more people grab what God's telling them. I think about one couple a couple years ago. Uh, it was through our Beyond Initiative. They've been in our church for years, struggled, never really dealt with their area of finances. They know they want to. They know it's important. They've cried over it. There's been tears. That was what grabbed them. That was what finally changed their life. Since then, they've never stopped working this plan, and their life has been a thousand times better. Here's what I know. This year, this series, some of you, it's your time. God's been working in you. Your circumstances, your life's been such a way to where you're hearing today with fresh ears, and you're ready to say, that's it. I've had enough. I want to experience the freedom God has for me. I want freedom in my life, in my relationships, and in my finances. And I want to encourage you, as you just imagine today, as God's going to take us down this path, that this is the time for you. Are you that person? 
Are you that person who says, I'm ready? I'm ready, God, to try it your way, to try your wisdom, to listen to your path and your plan. That's what God's inviting us to today, to experience that financial freedom. It all starts with turning to God and looking to Him and His wisdom and His will for your life. I love Psalm chapter 121. It says this, I lift my eyes up to the heaven, to the mountains. Where does my help come from? It's a great question. Where does our help come from? He said, my help comes from the Lord. My help comes from the Lord. When it comes to the area of your finances, you get to decide where your help's coming from. Yourself? Your own wisdom? Or would you be willing to turn your attention to God and trust Him? I'm inviting you. God's inviting you to trust Him and His wisdom so you can be freed up to go where He wants you to go, live how He wants you to live, do what He wants you to do, serve how He wants you to serve, and give how He wants you to give. He's inviting you to that. Will you take that step?